I was just really having this struggle with why this is no longer an environment for me where I feel like I'm thriving. So I need to think about how I want to get out of this and kind of move on. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create a more fulfilling career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and successfully make a major career pivot. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you take the brave steps needed to relaunch your own career. Today, my guest is going to share her experience of leaving her retail apparel career behind and moving away from the Bay Area to explore other interests. We'll discuss the power of choice and the emotional ups and downs of career transitions. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll talk about being clear with yourself on your professional walkaway point. Hello from Istanbul. I've been traveling in Turkey for a few days with my wife and daughter, visiting some friends and family, and now we're in Istanbul where I'm going to be helping to officiate a wedding, which should be a lot of fun. After this, we're off to the U.S. for a couple weeks. But in the meantime, on today's show, I'm speaking with Maddie Potvin, who started her career in San Francisco working in the corporate retail and apparel industry after graduating from the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. She held roles in buying, merchandising, operations, and project management at companies like Macy's and Levi's. After a decade of working in the retail industry, she took a leap of faith and quit her job in order to craft the life she wanted instead of simply following one career path. She's now been on her journey for nearly three years, pushing her way through the unknown and figuring out her own unique path. Now, I really wanted to bring Maddie onto the show because I think there's real value in hearing from someone who's right in the middle of a career transition and still figuring it all out. I hear from so many of you who know you don't want to be in your current role, but haven't quite figured out what to do next. And I also hear from a lot of listeners who have decided to go ahead and leave your job behind without having that next role lined up just yet to fill that void. That's something I've done before. It's something Maddie's chosen to do. And I think you'll find her thoughts on what it's like to be in an extended transition to be really honest, revealing, and maybe even a little comforting if you're in a similar situation yourself. You can get all the show notes from today's episode at careerrelaunch.net slash 43. Maddie spoke with me from Boulder, Colorado. Okay, Maddie, well, welcome to Career Relaunch. It's good to talk with you again. Thanks, Joseph. It's nice to connect with you again after quite a long time. Yeah, definitely. So we last crossed paths in person, I guess, in San Francisco many years ago. Yes. So I'd love to to start by having you tell me what's going on right now and what you're focused on in your career and your life. So I recently left San Francisco actually about a year and a half ago and moved to Boulder, Colorado. So one of the big things I'm kind of focused on in life is growing roots here and building a community in our new home in Boulder, um, which has been pretty fun and an interesting adjustment in itself after spending almost 10 years in the Bay Area. As far as my career The biggest thing right now is I'm trying to figure out what my next step is. So I left the Bay Area and left my corporate career path behind there. And since moving to Boulder, I've been working with my husband to help him start up his next 
business venture. And I'm kind of at a place now where I'm exploring my next step, which has been, has been interesting. We'll definitely get into that. And one thing I want to say is I just want to thank you for coming on the show because we normally feature people who have already begun the next chapter of their career. But in your case, like you mentioned, you're still in the midst of figuring out what you want to do, which is actually where I think a lot of listeners are who tune into this podcast. And sometimes, you know, on these podcasts, you'll hear people who have made it out already on the other end and things seem amazing. And I guess what you and I talked about before was it could be cool to just have a conversation with someone like you who's in the midst of trying to figure things out. So I want to get to how you're thinking through what your next steps are. But before we do that, you alluded to this. Could we just go back in time before you were in Colorado and go back to your days in San Francisco when you and I first crossed paths? And can you just tell us a little bit about what you were up to before in the corporate retail and apparel space? So when we met way back when um, I was working for Macy's in their West Coast headquarters, I graduated from the Michigan Business School and kind of fell into this opportunity to pursue a, a career in the corporate retail space. So I was working for Macy's as a buyer and Probably after a year of being there, the company went through a major consolidation and actually shut down their West Coast headquarters. So I got laid off pretty quickly into my my career, which was an interesting place to find myself, you know, as a Michigan grad, one year out of school and feeling the effects of, of the recession. What was that like for you to get laid off reasonably quickly from your first job for a very well-known brand? I had had kind of a series of other like challenging events personally. And after graduating and moving across the country and like that was the cherry on top of the Sunday, the bad Sunday. And so for me, I was kind of like, you know what? Like I have no control over this situation. And so it really didn't impact me as much as it probably could have had I not had other things, you know, also going on. And I'm actually like really grateful for that happening to me so early on because through other changes that I experienced within large organizations throughout the rest of my career, I kind of knew how to ride those waves and not really like let it impact me as it did some of the other people that I was working with. I just took it for what it was and figured out how to use it for myself. I ended up taking a little bit of time off after that just to be in San Francisco and live there and not stress about having to find the next thing immediately, which was at times challenging because I did feel kind of like a little bit of a loser, like not, not working, but it was actually really important for me to take that time. And then it eventually led me to an opportunity to work for Cost Plus World Market, which then led me to eventually getting an opportunity to work at Levi's, which was such a great experience for me. And I think if I had just jumped in to try to find something right away, I think I would have maybe found a job, but maybe not one that would have given me like the experience that I got at Levi's. Now, one thing, Maddie, that I think a lot of people wonder about is after you get 
laid off. And I, I remember during the time, I think you're talking about, which is between 2000, maybe eight, 2000, 2000, yeah. 2009-ish, um, yeah. probably that time. I remember a lot of people getting laid off from their jobs. And I'm just wondering how much did the fact that you got laid off affect your prospects or your ability to eventually land your next roles, which sound like once again, they're at very well-known, reputable companies. At least within the Bay Area, I think a lot of companies really like welcomed anybody that had worked at Macy's with open arms. I don't think it necessarily impacted me in a negative way and also not necessarily in a positive way, but I think the challenge was just there's, you know, there's only so many jobs in corporate retail to go around in that market. And so it took a little bit of time for everybody to get absorbed. What ultimately made you decide to leave Levi's? I knew that that wasn't going to be what I wanted to do forever. Like I kind of saw all these executives and a lot of them were women and I saw them doing their jobs and I just... I really respected them and I appreciated them, but I was like, I don't want that to be me. I wasn't going to sit and try to climb the corporate ladder. For me, I wanted to pursue that path so that I could learn as much as I could and get as many different experiences in different areas within a company. So that was kind of like always in the back of my mind. And then as far as when I actually got to a place where I realized that it was my time to go, I remember the moment I was at this big milestone meeting that I had planned where people had flown in from all over the world and our leadership team is up there speaking and there's a, a lot of really, really great, brilliant people at Levi's. But I was kind of, I was watching this leadership team and was just really having this struggle with why this is no longer an environment for me where I feel like I'm thriving. So I need to think about how I want to get out of this and, and kind of move on. What do you think was the hardest part about walking away from all of that, in spite of the fact that it sounds like it was quite clear for you that this wasn't where you wanted to remain? It wasn't that hard for me, actually, because once I kind of like make up my mind about something, I'm pretty sure about it as like kind of my next step of like, okay, I know that this isn't what I, you know, I need to start figuring out what my exit looks like and and when that's going to happen. And my next step to doing that was working with a coach. He wasn't a career coach. He was really more of, I would say a life coach and really just helped, helped me reframe my perspective on life and really like helped me understand I have choice in my life and like, the cultural pressures that are out there, like you have to have a solid salary. You have to like have benefits that your company pays for. You, know, you have all these things that kind of keep people in these corporate jobs. But at the end of the day, everybody has choice every single day in how they spend their time and what they choose to do. So I worked with him for probably six months or so. And that really helped me get to a place where I was very competent and sure and really took the fear out of it. For those people out there listening to this, Maddie, who are maybe in a situation where they're feeling a little bit afraid of making that leap, was there anything in particular that you can remember from those sessions that helped you take the fear out of making the move? One thing was 
the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario is that we have to leave San Francisco and move, move in with one of our parents and live with our parents and like maybe get a job that we like don't love, but can totally do like, that was the worst case scenario. When you actually like break it down, it's and and kind of look at the truths and, and take some of the fears out. It makes it a little bit easier to kind of make those sorts of leaps. And then the other thing, you know, that like my coach got me to think about was like, okay, when you're 90 years old, you're a little old lady, you're all wrinkled and you're sitting on your front porch on your, you know, rocking chair and you look back at your life. Are you going to be proud of yourself with the accomplishments that you maybe would have if you continued to work for a Levi's or another big company and just really did the corporate grind? Is that going to make you feel proud? Or if you take a leap and you stumble and you fall and like it eventually leads you to something great, like you're giving yourself a chance to have like a completely different trajectory. And when you look back on your life, how do you want to feel? Everybody always has a choice. Nobody's ever stuck in a situation. You know, you do have a choice to make steps to get out of that or at least try different things. So what did you decide to do next then? Right around this time, my husband and I got engaged Also around this time, my husband, who had started and run a green building consulting company in the Bay Area for about eight years, he was going to be peeling off of of that company and going on his own. So we kind of saw both of our paths converging to this place where we were potentially both not going to be working. So we decided to take some time off together and travel and get married and decide where we wanted to live and really use the time to define and shape what we wanted our life to be and not let that be dictated by our careers or anything else. So we traveled a lot. We did a two-month honeymoon in a camper van in Europe and had a lot of fun that time is going to be one of those moments where we're always going to look back on in our life is kind of a really pivotal moment, you know? I think we've all seen probably on, for me, mostly like Instagram, where you see these people doing these travels or taking a little bit of a hiatus from work. And it's great if you have the opportunity to do that. But yeah, I'm always curious what's happening behind Behind the the scenes, scenes, you know, because it looks so incredible and amazing. I've never done it myself, but I just wondered how it actually goes versus what you envisioned. It is great to have that freedom and to like have all these different experiences. It is also like, it's really isolating. And I didn't realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in my job. And even if it isn't a job that you are passionate about it's still like a big piece of who you are and it does give you a sense of purpose and so you know once the traveling and the fun was done and we decided to move to a new place was when it really got hard and the reality of all that has been really really challenging so you finish up your travels and you move to Colorado right yes and then 
I think when we spoke before, what ended up happening was you eventually got involved with your husband's real estate endeavors. And I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that and specifically what it was like for you to go into business with your husband. It kind of happened organically and it it wasn't really like super intentional. And I think that that maybe um, was something that I would go back in time and be really more intentional about like defining how we were going to work together and why we were working together and and just kind of really getting on the same page with that. Um, But it ended up happening a little bit more organically. And the reason why it happened was because our skill sets are very complementary. And when we work well together, we feel like we can take on the whole world. And so, of course, if he needs help in these areas that I'm have the expertise in, like, why wouldn't you? And moving to a new place where, you know, I don't have a network, it was kind of like, all right, well, at least I can start doing this while I'm like meeting people here and building a network and, and all that. The reality of working together was just, you know, it's hard. I mean, a lot of people will say that. And I think it's especially hard when you are building something from scratch together, because there are so many decisions every single day that need to be made. The two of us are very, we're opposite in how we, we think about things and how we approach things. So as you can imagine, that becomes pretty challenging when you're in a loving relationship with somebody. Yeah, It kind of reminds me of like example, like when a high school teenage girl, you know, their mom like suggests something and the girl, you know, the girl rolls her eyes and like, is like, Oh, that's so stupid. (laughs) And then the cool friend's mom says the same thing. And it's like the greatest idea. So think, (laughs) you know, just like, you know, the people that you love, you know, sometimes it's hard to hear them in the ways that you want to. So it's been interesting. The other thing for me that I've learned is that I kind of swung the pendulum too far. So I am used to working at these huge companies, these global businesses, interacting with hundreds of people every day. And then I moved myself to a new place that's a smaller city. I'm working out of my house with one other person who's my spouse. And for me, it was just too big of a shift for me. And I think I really struggled with that. Something that I've done recently, which I've, I've, we've we've talked about a little bit is I ended up joining a, renting a desk at a co-working space just to kind of get out of the house. Yeah. And that's where you are right now, right? That's where I am right now. Yes. And that has been like really, really helpful. And I really wish that I would have done this a year ago. And I think that maybe my husband and I could work together still, but you know what? You live and you learn. (laughs) Right. What do you like about working in the co-working space there? It's just about having a place to get up and go to every day. When I left Levi's, I was like, I want total flexibility. Like I could totally work from home. I could work, be a remote person, blah, blah, blah. And I've realized that that's actually like, not a good environment for me. That's not a good situation. I thrive in a little bit more of a collaborative environment and I need to have that social interaction with people. So for me, just like physically being in a place that is not my house and having a place I can go and create a little bit of like a structure around 
has been amazing. And then simply interacting with other people and like talking to other people, whether it's about work things or not, just the simple fact of like social interaction. And it's interesting because I totally kind of thought I was an anomaly by feeling that way. But now that I'm here and talking to other people that have joined this space, some people were like, I thought I was depressed. I couldn't get out of bed and I was about to see somebody. And then some <laughs> other girls like, we should make t-shirts that say, I'm not depressed. I just work from home, you know? And it's like, there is something, I think, to just being in an environment with other people, whether or not you're actually working together, that changes your mindset. The last thing I want to talk with you about, Maddie, before we wrap up here with what you're one of your interesting projects that just kicked off, I think a couple weeks ago, which I want to talk about is the fact that you're in a transition right now. And like I said, at the beginning, sometimes we catch up with people after they've already begun the next chapter of your, of their career. In your case, you're actually in the process of figuring that out. Can you just give us a glimpse into what's happening right now with you in terms of how you're thinking about what's next? It's just been messy when you've been in an environment where there's always a clear path and like a clear understanding of what is next and to like be in the complete opposite, it's that you're a fish out of water. And so I struggle a lot with like, what is the right thing for me to do next? I'm kind of at this place where I just really want to get back in and like be doing something and be part of a team again. And so the fastest way for me to kind of get that would be to do something similar to what I was doing before, maybe at a smaller company. But I was having a little bit of a struggle with that because I felt like I was kind of selling out on myself. But on the other side, I really am looking for a little stability and I am looking for like these kind of social elements and things like that. So I was pursuing that for a while. And even since we've talked a few weeks ago, my mind has changed and I'm kind of shifting directions again. And so sometimes that's hard because I kind of are like constantly doubting yourself and trying to constantly reassess, like, are your efforts leading you in the right direction or not? So right now I'm kind of pursuing, you know, exploring what's out here in Boulder. There's a ton of opportunity here, but because it's smaller, it's even much more so about who you know so I'm really focusing right now just on, on networking and meeting as many people as I can here, which has been, has been fun, but it's also really pushed me out of my comfort zone. You know, you're constantly vulnerable with people. And like, I hate when somebody asks me, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, like, oh, do you, do you have like 20 minutes for me? To, <laughs> you know, it's just... You kind of also don't realize that in a job, like you have a full day of like constant, like reinforcement of like what you're doing. And that really kind of gives you a baseline of like just general confidence in yourself. And when that's stripped away, I've never been somebody that has not really been confident in myself. And this experience for me has been like a total 180. Like I, I've been shocked at like how much just not having like a job impacts your confidence and you just feel like a loser. (laughs) 
And so then it's on top of that, having to put yourself out there to go talk to people. And it's crazy. I was chuckling earlier, Maddie, because I think you have so precisely described what it's like to be in a transition because I've been there myself in the past. And, you know, you get asked these questions, what do you do? And you, you aren't quote unquote doing anything, at least professionally at that moment. And that feels really awkward. And yeah, you have lost a part of your professional identity at a time when you actually need to feel confident in yourself, but your situation is chipping away at your confidence all the time. So it's this really tough transitional period that like if anybody's been through that and I have myself, it really does test you. And it really is hard to keep your psychology positive during those times. Another thing that you mentioned there, which really just resonated with me was the idea that when you're on your own, it is very easy to get lost in a downward spiral of thoughts. Oh and I'm not talking about anything like <laughs> clinical or anything, but just like just keeping yourself motivated. I watched a movie with my wife last weekend called Brad's Status, okay. which I don't know if you've seen it. It features no, Ben. No, I'm going to write it down though. It's really good. It's it's a comedy. It, it features Ben Stiller. And it's it's just about this guy who is stuck in his mind related to how he stacks up compared to the other guys he was friends with in college and feeling like he's just not quite as far along as they are. And he it literally is him laying awake at night wondering if he's a, a failure or not. And so, but I think it, I mentioned the movie because I think, and I, it, it just relates to some of the things that you're talking about, about the psychology of a transition being so difficult. Just one more question about this before we wrap up is how do you personally manage to keep going during those times when you're feeling a little bit like, oh, I just, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, how do you manage that? I try to just know that, that there's going to be ups and downs. I just know that. And so when I'm feeling great and I'm feeling like momentum and I feel like what I'm doing is leading me towards something I really try to like maximize that. And I try to just like push myself, not think and not doubt myself and just reach out to people and work off of that momentum. And then when I'm feeling down, if I'm getting really discouraged, I just try to be like as kind to myself as I can and not beat myself up more. Sometimes it is just like taking a little bit of a break from it and spending energy on, on some other things that that make me happy. So like I've gotten involved with a couple volunteer opportunities within Boulder that have been like really like great for my soul. Things like that, that fill me up in other ways and give the other things a, a little bit of a backseat that seems to help me. And then also, and I'm not just saying this to you <laughs> to like butter you up, <laughs> but listening to the career relaunch podcast, and just other similar stories of people that have like kind of gone through transitions like this has really helped me. Like when I'm like really feeling crappy, I will like turn on an episode and I'll be like, okay, you're not alone. There's other people that have been there and they've gone through it. So like, you just got to keep trucking along. Just like that reinforcement that you're not crazy for what you're doing and that it is going to all work out. Just reminding yourself of that has been super helpful for me. 
Well, that, first of all, that's really great to hear that these stories that we feature on the show, including yours, are sort of a way of providing people with companionship on what is otherwise or can be a rather lonely journey whenever you step off the beaten path. So that's great to hear. And speaking of things you mentioned that are good for your soul, I'd like to wrap up with what you're doing right now, because I've been following you on Instagram, and I would love to hear a little bit more about your new adventure of building out your Mercedes Sprinter van. Can you tell us about what that's all about? Yes, our beast. So I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, we did uh, this epic honeymoon two months in Europe in a camper van that we rented. It was just a crazy idea that my, my husband had for our honeymoon. And I said, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. But neither of us had really traveled that way before. And we just totally fell in love with the lifestyle and like kind of what it allowed us to do and see. And when we came back from that trip, we were like, Definitely. We ha- someday we are getting a van here and exploring here, you know, the States. We bought a van. We waited a year for it to come because they're, they're in high demand. And we got it back in November and we've just kind of been enjoying it on its own. It's a total metal shell. There's nothing, nothing inside of it. So our goal right now is just to get it ready for summer camping. It's going to be quite an undertaking. Definitely. Well, that sounds like a cool adventure. And if people want to follow you on Instagram to follow along with your camper van adventures, Maddie, where could they go? Yeah. So we just created an Instagram account to kind of document us building it out. And then also just some of the adventures that we go on because all of our friends and family are very interested in what we're doing. So our handle is the pot van adventures and the name is just a play on our last name. There's no other, no other association to it. If anybody has ever thought about doing it, we'd love to help share our, any of our insights and kind of how we navigated through buying it. Cause it's, it's something we're super passionate about. All right. Well, we'll include a link to your profile on the show notes, and maybe we can also include a couple pictures for people to check out on the episode page. So yeah, very exciting. Well, Maddie, thanks so much for telling us all about your career journey, especially the realities of career change, moving geographies, and how you manage the ups and downs of a transition. So yeah, thanks for talking to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Best of luck with the camper van adventures. And uh, (laughs) hopefully the next time we connect, maybe we can talk again about uh, what you've decided to do during the next stage of your career. Thanks, Joseph. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Maddie's thoughts on navigating the emotions of an extended career transition, the importance of recognizing you always have a choice, and the impact your work environment can have on your overall motivation. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to talk about the importance of drawing clear lines in your career and defining your walkaway point. Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I just wanted to thank A2 Hosting for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. A2 is the web host provider I use and trust for my own websites. They even offer 100% carbon neutral green hosting. For an easy, fast, and affordable way to get your personal website online today, visit careerrelaunch.net slash A2 to get 50% off your web hosting plan. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. 
So for today's Mental Fuel, I want to go back to something Maddie mentioned about that big meeting she organized and feeling like the time had just come to move on. And that got me thinking about the importance of defining your walkaway point. So if you've ever taken a negotiations class, one of the first concepts you'll learn about is the importance of defining your walkaway point, which in the context of a negotiation is exactly what it sounds like. It's the point where you decide to walk away when the price goes beyond what you can afford or the conditions get to a point where they're no longer acceptable to you or the other party is just asking for more than you're willing to give. And I think this concept of a walkaway point is also very relevant when you're thinking about what you're willing to tolerate in your own career. This means getting really clear about what will and will not be acceptable to you. You're probably familiar with doing this on your way into a new job, especially when it comes to negotiating a new job offer. But I think it's equally important to consider your walkaway point on your way out when you're thinking about whether it's time to move on to something new. And being clear about your terms can help you with literally trying to negotiate what you need from your employer. But I think what's as important, if not more important, is also recognizing you're in a bit of a negotiation with yourself. When I talk to people thinking about making a career change, most of them are negotiating with themselves about what they're willing to accept. I'll use myself as an example. When I decided to market desserts back in my days as a brand marketer, that was a tough call for me because I think of myself as a fairly healthy person, and that's really important to my life. But I negotiated with myself saying, okay, I'm willing to market these products because I think I'll gain something else that's important, like having an opportunity to broaden my range of experiences as a marketer or having an opportunity to work for a really reputable company. And I did that for a few years, but I also spent some time thinking about my own walkaway points. One walkaway point was when the work I was doing was no longer meaningful to me. Another was if my work was adversely affecting my family life, my physical health, or my emotional well-being. And when those lines were crossed, I decided to walk away. So getting clear on your walkaway point helps you recognize when it's time to move on from something, whether that's your role, job, function, location, or any other aspect of your job. So I suggest taking this in two steps. First, taking stock of your values or things that are important in your life. You could consider things like personal growth, for example, health, money, or relationships. Second, define the line related to that area of your life that represents your walkaway point. For personal growth, maybe it's when you feel like you're no longer learning anything. For relationships, maybe it's about your work leaving you with less than an hour to spend with your kid every day. Whatever your limits are, define them. Literally write them down. And get clear with yourself on the lines you will not tolerate crossing. Or on your values you will not compromise. What can happen is that if you're not clear on your walkaway point, you may find yourself dragging your feet, tolerating a situation you intuitively know isn't acceptable to you, partly because you haven't been able to build a clear, compelling case to yourself that the time has come to move on. The most unhappy people I know are in these very situations, where they know they're not in a great spot, but they just can't quite bring themselves to make that leap to go ahead and move on, 
partially because they haven't gotten clear with themselves on what's inbounds and what's out of bounds. If you're in that situation, just remember that you do have a choice about whether you want to continue. You always have a choice. This takes me to a quote from Marshall Goldsmith, author of What Got You Here Won't Get You There. People only change when what they truly value is threatened. If you know what matters to you, it's easier to commit to change. But if you can't identify it, you won't know when it's being threatened. So my challenge to you is to get very clear with yourself on what you value. Define that line between acceptable and unacceptable so you can know when enough is enough and when you should take action to improve your situation. To help you with understanding where you draw your lines and what matters to you, I've got a simple worksheet you can download free at careerrelaunch.net slash 43 to help you define what's important to you and understand when you should pull the trigger to make that change. Before we go today, I just wanted to thank MJ in the U.S. for leaving this kind review on Apple Podcasts for the show, who wrote, I found this podcast right after I went on sabbatical, and it turned into a great source of inspiration and guidance when I needed it most. The show has a unique way of effortlessly guiding you through what can be a very intimidating process. Well, MJ, first of all, I hope your sabbatical has been going well. I know taking some time off from work can be a really good opportunity to reflect on what really matters to you. So I hope you're managing to do that. Thanks so much for your kind review. And I really appreciate having you as a listener. If you would like to help Career Relaunch reach more people who can benefit from these stories, I'd really appreciate you leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts. You can find the link to do that at careerrelaunch.net slash 43, where you can also find a summary of all the key points from today's show. Again, that's careerrelaunch.net slash 43. In our next episode, I'll be speaking with a former recruiter who's now director of an executive recruitment firm focused on franchise recruitment. We're going to talk about the world of franchising as another way of feeding your entrepreneurial interests. In a few days, I'm heading off to the U.S., making pit stops in New York City, Las Vegas, and Portland. So I'm going to aim for this next episode to come out when I return to the U.K. in late July. Thanks so much for being part of the Career Relaunch community. And a special thanks again to Maddie Potvin for sharing her honest story with us today. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song, I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.